Welcome back to the OAME Talks podcast and the first episode of 2020. I'm your host, David Petro, and this is the fourth episode of season two. This podcast and subsequent webinar series focus on bringing the voices of some of the best speakers from our most recent OAME conference so they can repeat their talks online for a wider audience. This month, we have Kanika Turner from North Carolina who will be repeating her OME session, Beyond Invitation, Lesson Structure and Routines that Foster Agency and Equity. This was a breakout session that she did after doing her featured session, All In, encouraging inclusivity and promoting equity in math, teaching and learning. That session can be seen in its entirety in the members only section of the OME website. Today, we will talk with Kanika to get a sneak preview of this month's webinar. That being said, Let's get right into it with Kanika Turner. Thanks for talking to us today, Kanika. And I'm wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your journey on how you got to where you are right now. So right now I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I'm serving as a curriculum designer for illustrative mathematics alongside doing some independent sort of coaching in local schools and districts around my home district. I was a fourth and second grade teacher. So I started kind of my career teaching second grade and then fourth grade. And then I started teaching the gifted, which took me to positions that were outside of the classroom. So I started facilitating curriculum and coaching And then finally ended up all within the same district, working as an elementary math specialist, serving about 100 plus elementary schools. And that's kind of what I did for 18 years, alongside doing some other things, kind of working with Turk in their math investigations curriculum and developing mathematical ideas and doing some, some different professional learning types of things with different schools across the country. And then after about 18 years, I stopped with my school district and just decided that I wanted to work with small districts that didn't have the funding for a person like me in-house. So I started doing that independently, and I did that for a year before I started writing curriculum. That was the thing I hadn't done yet. I knew uh, administration wasn't kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to stay with teachers and kids and teaching and learning. So, um, so I started writing curriculum, and that's kind of where I am now. I write curriculum. I do some professional learning um, with different folks, do some speaking about the things I'm learning as I'm coaching and working with teachers and writing curriculum. And, yeah, that's kind of how I – roundabout way to how I got to where I am today. And so it sounds like you are not uh, opposed to change. Not at all. I welcome it. I welcome it. That's good to hear. And last year, you were one of our featured speakers at OME 2019. Uh, You did a session called Encouraging Inclusivity and Promoting Equity in Math and Teaching and Learning. Um, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about uh, how you heard about OME. Sure. So I was really unfamiliar with OAME until I was contacted about speaking. I, like many teachers, did not have the opportunity to travel outside of the U.S. to do any professional learning. So I was familiar with conferences within the States, but uh, relatively, I knew what they took place internationally. I just didn't know where and, and what they were. So I ran into or I became acquainted with OAME after being contacted. And so 
now that you have been uh, indoctrinated into OME, I'm just curious, what do you think of our, our, uh, our provincial organization? I just have to say, I left, um, it, was, it, was a, it was such a short time, but it was so sweet. I left and I came back and I could not say enough how much I appreciated the intimate setting of the conference. And, and conferences here are very similar, but it just felt like a small group of teachers, just educators from different positions, sharing with each other and learning from each other. It felt very reciprocal. So I was giving, but I was getting as much as I was giving in every session I went to. And I thought, this is what conferences should feel like. Sometimes they get so large and you miss that. But that was a very sweet element of OME that I hope you guys never lose. Well, I appreciate that. I think I think I, I get that. I've sort of always felt that way about our organization in that it's very grassroots in a lot of ways. And uh, although Ontario is one of the larger provinces in Canada, it still seems quite cozy to me, I think, especially having been to a few NCTMs since, you know, uh, being around an NCTM is such a, a, a much larger venue. Uh, I do appreciate that uh, the feel of, you know, anyone can talk to anyone right. and it's just a conversation that you're having. So it's good to hear. It's good to hear that that from outside we get the, it has the same same look. Okay, so this month you are going to be our webinar speaker, and you are going to be repeating your breakout session. Last year you did a breakout session called "Lesson Structure and Routines That Foster Agency and Equity," and you're going to be re repeating, I guess, a version of that session for us uh, in January this month. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So the session that I'm going to be doing is still centered around routines and focused on equity and access. So using routines as a vehicle to sort of invite students, all students of different abilities kind of into the math conversation. So that's kind of where the equity aspect of it comes. And, and the idea is that a routine, the, the routine in and of itself is what gives access. So when you cut away all of the newness of how do I do what I do, students can engage in some of the depth of the mathematics by way of the conversations and other engagement strategies within the routine. So that's the, that's the premise behind it. The, the new title is equity as routine as attendance. And I have to say, I, re I really like the idea of equity being a thing, in a sense, that's not a thing. Right. You know, that, that it's, it's just something that happens naturally as a regular part of the school day. Sure. So I think, I, think uh, I like this new title quite a bit in that it reminds us that this is not supposed to be something special that we're doing. It's just something that should be part of our everyday lesson. Absolutely. And I... And I think the shift in title for me, one, the old title was really lengthy. It said a lot of what I wanted to say, but what I wanted to communicate more than anything else is that this isn't a new thing, right? This is something that is happening all the time. As, as teachers, we're paying attention to who's speaking and who's not, who's allowed to speak and who's not, who's engaged and who's not. We do it every day in every aspect of what we do. And so what you got from the revised title is what I hoped would settle in upon people that equity is just a common thing. Like it's a, it, 
So I want to be careful, right? Because I don't want it to be so common that we don't pay attention to it, right? I don't want people to say, oh, yeah, so equity is everywhere, so we're all doing it. Um, or we're all paying attention to it, which is not necessarily the case. And I know I kind of just said that, but we can focus our lens on the ways in which we pay attention to equity in the everyday things, in the routine things that we do in the classroom. That's kind of where I'm going. And I think that that reminds me a little bit of uh, something that you said in your featured session that kind of resonated with me about uh, students feeling safe in your class Mm -hmm. and that students uh, are not they're not going to learn or it's going to be difficult for them to learn if they don't feel safe in their class. And and when I think when you have a natural, a natural environment that uh, encourages equity, that safety for students is going to be also naturally present. I totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. And so I'm thinking about, I'm rolling around in my head, the word safety, right? And I think about physical safety. Kids know that I care about them, where I'm not going to allow them to um, disrespect each other or misbehave or behave in a way that hurts someone else. Like there's that aspect of it. But there's also this piece of knowing that your ideas matter, right? And it's safe to be incorrect. And it's safe to be in the process of learning. Sometimes the classroom can lose that in our effort to move things along and get to get through all of the things that we have to teach students. And, and so when I think about safety, I'm thinking about slowing things down and paying attention to students in a way that leaves them feeling like they matter every day, you know, when they come into the classroom. So that's a huge deal for me. It's kind of one of my personal triggers. Okay. So um, without giving too much away, for the webinar, uh, can you give us uh, maybe a brief sort of Reader's Digest version of what participants might see when they uh, attend in a couple of weeks? Sure. We are going to do quite a bit of math together throughout the session. Yeah. I'm going to do quite a bit of math together throughout the session. One of the ways that I feel like I gain the most is by doing. And so we're going to engage in it. And then we're going to pull back and think about how each piece of math, each routine and the math that's embedded in the routine, how those routines give us an opportunity to invite or pay attention to equity. And also, we can't do that without looking at the ways in which the routine can go kind of in the opposite direction or how we can close off roads to equity. So we're going to pay attention to assumptions and I'm just going to share my own, right? So I'm not putting it on anyone else. I'm going to share the assumptions that I feel like I at times bring into the routines that we're sharing and then some moves that I intentionally make to kind of make sure that I, to kind of counter those assumptions that I bring into each routine. So we're going to, that's the structure of the whole session. We do a little math. We pull back, we look at the assumptions, we and then we look at the intentional moves to invite equity, and then we go on to the next. And so we do that through a few routines. So yeah, I noticed you've got a, a few routines, I think five routines you have listed there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I get that those are, uh, are vehicles for the equity piece. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe you could just walk us through very briefly, maybe one of those ideas. Okay, sure. We'll just look at... 
Okay, so today's number, number of the day, it's called lots of different things, but it's a it's a pretty common routine, been around for for a really long time, and lots of people have have revised it. So so I ask you about a number. I ask you to give me everything you know. Um, one of the things that um, I do when I'm recording is I record every single thing. Um, so students are saying things like, it's a little bit more than this. It's less than that. It might be this or that. I'm unsure about this, but I think it's. And so I'm writing all of that down. And when students are questioning each other or when participants are questioning each other, I'm noting those questions that come up in a different color. If I can, if I'm that savvy, I'm noting in a different color um, as I'm charting so that all of the ideas come up at the same time. And so when we look at the student work from my time with students, there's some really cool things that come up. So there were times when student, like one student would say, it's an even number. And another student would come back a little bit later and say, I'm not really sure that it's an even number. So off to the side, I would chart next to it's an even number. I would chart not really sure with a sort of emoji with a straight mouth. Like the student was like, "Mm, not sure about that. And then there were times when students said things like, it's a fraction, I think. And so I would be sure to notate in my charting that that student's thinking was still in progress to kind of honor, this isn't um, a declaration. This is kind of a thought in progress. And so in doing so during the routine, it invited more. So at first, when I start doing the routine, people are reluctant. They tell me a few things that they know for sure, and it gets kind of quiet. So I have to let the time go. And when I start to record all of the in-thought, in-progress thoughts, oh my gosh, the floodgates open. And people start telling me so much that they think they know or are wondering because they understand that this is not about what you know for sure. This is about what we're thinking we know, and we're all coming to reach understanding together. I feel like that is one of the key components in this particular routine that invites equity. This is not a pop quiz on what you know, or like, here's the stage, get up and tell us everything you know, you're so smart. But it's an opportunity for all of us to kind of toss out, here's what I'm thinking, I'm not sure, and to build a collective understanding. I think that's the equity piece in there. And I think when I look at that, I see this as another opportunity that you can have in your class to let students know that mathematics is about tinkering with ideas and that those ideas aren't always correct and that's okay. And the more that we can encourage our students to not worry about the correctness all the time, I think that fosters that idea of safety that, Hey, I can, I can just say what I think here and I might be wrong. And if I'm wrong, that's not a big deal. I'll, I'll learn something. You're, you're right. In addition to that, like there, there are students who have ideas, but they're not quick, right? So they're not the first person to talk. And so, but there are students who have ideas right away and they need to get them out. So another beautiful thing about this routine is the time and space of it, you can kind of hang back and let that watch the students and let that student whose idea is kind of bubbling up to the surface amidst the other kind of flood of ideas that are just coming out from the students who have lots to say and still leave room for that student who has this idea that hasn't been said yet or simply is noticing something someone else has already said. So some students will say, I was thinking 
about what Kanika said, kind of the same thing. And so you can honor that in the poster. You can maybe put a check mark or something else that notes or repeat the same statement again on the poster that like lets kids know this isn't about speed. I respect the fact that you're being silent because silence sometimes means you're processing. And so this is going to go on for a while and I'm going to let you be the 19th or 27th person to speak. And it's totally fine because I know that you're thinking some kids are like squirming and like you don't have to. It's not a sit still and watch me type of thing. Kids, it you can see the energy building up in them physically. And so like I feel like all of these things invite kids to be who they are in the thinking process while the routine is taking place. And I like the idea that you're accepting responses that have already been said specifically because even for our more reluctant learners that gives them an in at first so that they can say something and then that helps hopefully provide an opportunity for them to say oh maybe i can say something else right you know something i did this reminds me something that i used to say when doing routines in the classroom is I would say, listen, that's already been said. Make sure you're paying attention. And now I think about that statement and I think, oh my goodness, <laughs> like that kid was listening. They also were processing, trying to figure out what it was they were going to say. And so they missed that it had come out already because they were in the midst of their thinking. So I just love, I love what you said. And I like how that plays out here. Um, because it honors that. It just takes people a little longer sometimes to work through their ideas. Okay, so I, I don't want to say too, too much about what you're going to um, speak to. I'm, I have one more question for you. I mean, just for our our listeners, like even without routines, I'm curious if you have like one bit of, of advice that you could give teachers that they could utilize right tomorrow in the next class they teach to help foster a little bit more of equity and inclusion in their class. My go-to is to try, seek to understand the incorrect response. So my statement that I hold on to everywhere I go is every response is rooted in something. Right. So it's it's rooted in something that that person understands, every incorrect response, seemingly incorrect. And so I guess my one piece of advice is to try and 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 figure out what the question is the student is answering when they give you an incorrect response. That's my that's my number one thing. So. I would say listen more than you speak. But sometimes when I say, listen more than you speak, people don't know what to do with that. Like, okay, so, but it's quiet and the kids aren't talking and what do I do now? And so I think one step further than that is listen for incorrect responses and try to figure out the question that the student is answering. What is that a correct response to? And if you can, if you can take it this next step, it really helps is to turn that back around to the student. So to say, Something like, oh, so yeah, eight is greater than one half. Um, I see that's what you were asking. This is kind of what I was asking. And then to re-offer your question to the student. So it honors what they were thinking, but it offers a kind of pivot for them so that they can see how what you were asking was, was different from what they're thinking. And I think I think that, that that invites kids 
to the party. It says, your ideas matter, even though it wasn't what I was looking for. And it gives them another opportunity to engage. Yeah, I like that a lot. I know when I'm in a classroom and the student does that very thing, my response is often, you know, I see what you're saying. It sounds like you're answering a slightly different question than I'm asking. You know, so I, I, I am honoring what, what they're saying. So I, I love that. Okay, Kanika. Well, thank you for uh, speaking with us briefly today about uh, your upcoming webinar. Uh, we look forward to that in a couple of weeks. And uh, we hope you have a good rest of the day. Thank you so much. I hope you do the same. I'm looking forward to it. That was Kanika Turner talking about how to seamlessly incorporate routines into our classroom that foster equity and inclusion. Kanika will be expanding on those ideas and adding more during our live webinar on Wednesday, January 15th at 8 p.m. There are links in the description to register. Next month, we'll be hosting Alex Overwick and Jimmy Pye where they will be talking about their session, Manage Flow and Let Go. So stay tuned for that and we'll see you next month on OAME Talks.